Brutal power, wrapped in an elegant machine. What an outstanding racehorse. Welcome back, darling. He got checked, the champ. Kingston Town can't win. It's going to get desperate. But a champion becomes a legend. From, from, from the card leave in the world. Eight dollars months ago. Here he comes. Move right over the top. But at the bush, it is 15 lands clear. She'll have to pogo stick over the field to win from there. Strike me pinky, thread of the eye of the needle. Can he stay up? Yeah, welcome to the Racing and Sports Australia Day edition of the podcast of In the Office and very privileged to have our newest member of the team, Brad Bishop, in Canberra for a few days before he heads back to Melbourne. Thanks for joining us, Brad. Absolute pleasure to be here. It's been something of a novelty having coming up here for the last couple of days. First time in seven months I've been in an office environment, so uh, that's a bit of a novelty yeah. in itself. Great to be a part of the podcast. You get uh, goosebumps every time just listening to that intro. I can't understand how Reduct digs, he lunges and wins, hasn't got a run in there. Oh, that's Ooh. a good one. That actually. is very I, true, actually. I was pleased to hear I got Mark Sheen. What an outstanding racehorse. Had to get added. him in. Had to get him in. I the was going to boycott the podcast. The intro is going to be two minutes the way we're going. <laughs> it's better than the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, you'll be, I guess, joining our joining our Melbourne team and through the carnival, I'm throwing you under the bus here, but you'll be going to track work and getting the key interviews for racing and sports. I've been told that that is the case. Racing and Bloodstock Journo is the official title, so I'll be back on the beat, something I did at racing.com and uh, really enjoyed the... The bloodstock side of things there as well, and that's part Breeders of the hospitality. why I'm here. So um, I'll be. Uh, I'm, I missed Magic Millions. That's bad in a way, but it's also good because like the the, uh, the COVID rate was just as good as the clearance rate <laughs> at Magic Millions. So uh, missed that one, but looking forward to getting along to some of the other sales that are impending. Speaking of COVID, have you remained COVID free? Did an isolation period, a, a New Year's Eve party that we attended as a family. My wife caught it. Out of that, we did the seven days. Neither I or the two kids end up with it. So it's absolutely unbelievable how some people get it and some avoid it. Fingers crossed that stays the case. Yep, for sure. Now the kickoff with obviously the Blue Diamond previews there at Caulfield tomorrow. Small but select field with the Colts. What can you tell us about the unraced? It's it's bizarre that we've got one field of five and then another field of of 13 or 14. Um, Usually when you see... Uh, one field come up with uh, at, at this time of year with the two-year-olds, you, you might it might be a case that they're, they're both small fields, but not the case. So contrasting fields, I'm fascinated by the Phillies edition in particular. I would have thought... You are the head of Bloodstock. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, and this, this the is... Gr- an, the group three, not the listed. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. That's what I was going to say. This is one that comes up every year. They're worth the same money, but uh, just a different level of grading. So that, that'll probably get a run. It's like the Derby distance Every year Every it gets year. a run. Someone will yeah. kick up a stink about the Phillies being Group 3 and the Colts and Geldings only being listed level. But uh, I like the the race brigade in the Colts and Geldings division. But in the in the Phillies, it's easy to see why um, the Godolphin Philly is right towards the head of the market there, just off the, off the back of that good performance behind Philosopher last time around. But there's some unrace that really interest me here. And maybe I'm reading too much into things, but you can draw lines with um, some of these runners. Like Queen Maeve's around 20 to 1 in the Phillies. She's uh, stepping out for the first time. And 
Dormier, we might get to Dormier a little bit later on with the pronunciation there, but it's been 12 into 5 in the Colts and Geldings, and Queen Maeve beat at home and is very well related um, off the, at, at a Werribee jump out. That was, I reckon Ellerton contract racing good record in this this specific race and these sort of races yeah. as well, so you'd think could well be popular. Well, it's a half to Royal Haunt, who was one of, um, mm. and King Like, who uh, David Moody bred and raced. So, like, she's 20 to 1, and then you've got... Now, this fascinates me. Jamie Carr riding for Robbie Griffiths on a 30-to-1 shot. She doesn't do a, a whole lot of work for Robbie Griffiths. And as we've mentioned, I mainly knew the team, so I'm still getting my head around all the research. So I, I actually issued a task to the research department earlier on today, and that was to find out Jamie Carr's record on Robbie Griffiths' horses. And I understand it's very good with five wins from the last 12 starts or in the last 12 months. So... That intrigues me that she's riding a 30-to-1 shot for Robbie Griffiths, but then we've got uh, the Mick Price and, and Mick Kent horse um, out of Love You Madly, that being I'm Loving You, who absolutely touted up in a Cranbourne trial not too long ago. So Look very pretty. All of these horses are at double-figure odds, and while I concede that jewellery is going to be very hard to beat, and Letizia was unbelievable um, uh, down the straight at Flemington, I think that those horses, if you're looking for something at a little bit of value, if you just want to have a little play and maybe chuck some into the exotics, they're, they're three that I'd be keeping a close eye on. It's interesting with the fillies, we've got 13 runners, seven debutants, six of them have won a jump out. And the one you mentioned, uh, Queen Maeve, who was beaten, but certainly not disgraced in her jump out. So you'd have to think a few connections that go on a Caulfield, I'd say pretty upbeat. Yeah, and, we've, and also in there is, is Waltz on by, if we're talking... Breeding and well-bred type. Yeah. She's out of Stay With Me, who won a 1,000 guineas, and she's a daughter of Miss Finland. So that's by far the most fascinating race on the card from my point of view. The uh, the Phillies, I'm not sure it's going to throw the diamond winner, but I think Jewelry's got that form, or having run well against the boys, now taking on the girls. It's going to paint a pretty good picture as we go forward towards the preludes in a couple of weeks' time and then the diamond. I reckon Jewelry ran to the right number on debut to win this without improving, but I don't think the setup. Is no. for her. She's not a thousand meter horse. She's probably not a. She's certainly not a thousand meter Caulfield horse. So she's. Um, I'm looking at it. and I'm thinking. Well, you're absolutely good enough. I, I really like that philosopher form. So I think that was the the pick of the Melbourne two year old so far. And what about the toppy who looked like she did a few things wrong at at Flemington? Draw might again. Probably going to get and back at Caulfield home. over a thousand meters as well. Yeah, she zipped home. So it's a little bit. Um, I've got jewelry. Well clear of her, but without thinking that I've got any real read on on Letizia just yet. So she won nicely enough and, and beat a nice, you know, Varvia seems like a, a bit of a line horse, if you'd like. She seems you know, in the mix without being a star and, and one that, you know, you could probably line a few up through. But, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't claim to have a real real feel for Letizia just yet. Just because of the race shape the other day, I, I think we didn't really get to see anything like what, what she might be able to produce. So Another one of the first stars I didn't mention, but he's... One of the more fascinating runners in the race is that Miss Rosiano from the, the Gallagher Stable. Not necessarily Trial ones that you enormous. expect to be bobbing up yeah. um, in Blue Diamond previews and, and being well-backed and firm in the market. Paid a bit for her, 300k as a yearling. And the, I'm guessing they would have been pretty happy with the way she trialled. Did it easily. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And um, Waltz on by was in that trial as well. Trialled well. You'd, you'd have to be with Miss Ro- Rosiano off the off the back of that trial, but just sets up for a race that you're going to have to uh, make sure you're keeping an eye on at 155 tomorrow. It's interesting because this is sort of not even a semi-final, more a quarter-final, and you've got the two at the head of the market who are both drawn wide, and you have to think are going to be happy to concede. I can't imagine they're 
going to want to press forward and get caught in speed battle. So then it's going to be not necessarily the best horse wins, but you'd like to think Jewelry will be the best out of it, but I'm not sure she's a... I don't know if I want to back it from that draw, given that they're not really going to be going out there to make a statement, I would think, similar to a debut. If she's she's just inside $4 there, if she's over the odds, it's not by much. Yeah. I promise you that. So you know, I don't see that... Um, you probably have worse bets in your life, but I don't see it as... It's pretty hard, I would say, to make a case that that's a... Given the way things are likely to set up for her, it's, it's hard to say that's some some bet you should be desperately chasing anyway. Interesting clash for you in the first in terms of... I know you big fan of Philosopher off what he did on debut and then you've got a Moody Frankel cult who did enough on debut and has since jumped out and trialled really well. Moody Frankel car sounds like something I could find. Yeah, I reckon <laughs> it's got the Blanco recipe, that. Do you have... I'd say philosopher leads. Interesting the Norton bit goes on for tomorrow. Interesting the Norton bit goes on. Well, they're teaching him to settle, I'm assuming. Okay. and But he'll lead, or they'll want to lead, but rampant line shows... He's got heaps of speed. He's going to land outside the lead, which isn't, I don't think, is easy to do, given the speed philosopher has. So I'd imagine they're going to pair off and fight it out. And then you think rampant line's outside the lead? Off the I way he's, small off, field. Yeah. Off the way he's jumped out and the way he's trialled, I'd be surprised if he's not there. I'd be surprised if he's a thousand metre horse as well. Didn't mind the uh, trial of Michelotti from the Robbie Griffith stable. Joel McNeil takes the ride there. It's hard to marry it up. Uh, Danaher, the horse that runs second, hasn't been to the races yet. But Michelotti seemed to be under a little bit of pressure in the middle stages of that. But then once they got into the straight, it just kept going quite powerfully under little riding as well. So that's the one that intrigues me out of that first race got philosopher on top but i think that um at 13 bucks and you'd expect that there's going to be support for those that are towards the head of the market there already has been as well with dormier but michelotti's one that i could have a, a a little spec on it um big odds tomorrow tell me about um dormier's jump out dormier well hard to spot the the flamington jump out's a couple of godolphin one wearing a black cap one wearing a brown cap the old switcheroo i think we worked out who was who worked home nicely but as i mentioned that was in the race where where queen mave was and she hasn't necessarily got the uh the jump out watches yeah um uh in a rave off her performance she's going to go around 20 to 1 you you can't bag dormier i thought we saw and you'd expect that He's probably going to be uh, going to be a little bit better as well. Uh, like he's not going to be right up on the speed in in a race that is, it doesn't have a massive feel, but looks like there's a a bit of tempo. So uh, you can't knock him off the jump out. Um, he's one that I just want to want to see go around though, because uh, got high respect for philosopher and rampant line, and and don't mind Michelotti at a price. It's hard because you obviously always want to have a bet, but it is a watch and learn. I think those two races, obviously. Yeah, I'll be playing a couple at the big odds in the Phillies division. Won't be going silly, but um, expecting that to paint a pretty clear picture for the Blue Diamond in a couple of weeks. If I'm having a bet in the two-year-olds, if they bet 220, 230 philosopher, I'd probably be happy to take that because he's fast. Just leads and wins. I think he's – well, I've got him looking at the last five years of this race. I've only got Hanseatic and, and I'm immortal having run faster than him to win this race and he's already done it two, two and a half weeks out for – Gun stable, gun jock, and I, I look at rampant line and close nicely behind a fast filly at, at Flemington, but they went fast and fell in a bit of a heap, so I think a, a little bit flattering there. So I'm thinking you're not that quick. And the other thing that needs to be taken into consideration is the fact that Oliver's sticking with Philosopher. like He's the go-to man for the Godolphin down here in Melbourne, um, and 
I'd be surprised if he hasn't done some sort of um, or, or had some sort of intel or a ride on, on Dormier, who's the stable mate of philosopher, yet here he is sticking with the horse that he rode um, to victory on debut there. So I reckon that's a good lead in itself. Yeah, I don't think he'd... I think if he, he runs up to the debut or, or, I mean, best guess is that he probably improves a, a little bit into this, then I, I think he probably gets away with it. I think he'll run to a, a level that's... Pretty hard for for newcomers to run to. Pretty rare. So unless yeah. one of the newcomers is is special, I don't see them knocking him off. And, and yeah, as I said, I think Rampant Lion's probably going to be much better. Size horse. Yeah, we might he might turn into that that sort of horse. I I can see that I I want him to be good. He yeah. looks he you looks like the sort of horse that yeah. I like. But um, this looks like the sort of scenario where the the speedy two year old just, just stitches him right up. Just leads and wins. Yeah. yeah. Think. I, th- I think what you mentioned before, like philosopher running a figure of 103 on debut, for a debutant to then better that and beat him is pretty unlikely. Yeah, I even think he went a bit better than that. So yeah, he's very up and about about philosopher, aren't you? No, no, I just yeah. think he's the best of them so far. Yeah. That's, that's all. You want to see another good rampant lion though, too? Don't you? <laughs> that is him a, in the past. Yeah. yeah, multiple group winner up in Queensland just gets named right over the top. Bit savage, isn't it? Power of moods, mate. Yeah. He is a Queenslander, don't forget. Yeah. Now, Enthar, obviously odds on tomorrow. You can't. Where do you land on her? Yeah, I, I think. What is the? Oh, there's the market. It's probably about right, isn't it? Yeah. I sort of. I would have thought Streetcar Stranger runs. You know, splitting hairs, but I, I guess I when I would mark it up, I'd mark Enthar about the right price there, and I'd flip the other two behind her, but meh. Not not a lot in it. It looks about right, and it looks, um, I suppose, in in that sense, an unentertaining betting race. But from a sporting racing side, it's it's good to see Enthab get back to her best. Last time, I think she was back to pretty much her best, but not back to where she was supposed to be. Yeah. So hopefully now she um she does go on and, and get to where she's supposed to be. And if she does that, she'll blow them away. And she's a, I assume, Oakley Plate. Is the the race interesting to see the stablemates match motors in that? And if they do both head that way, yeah. So she'll run Saturday, Marabi, and she's actually run faster than Intha so far already. So she looks very fast. She is fast. Can confirm. Can confirm. Fast. Clock, <laughs> clock, <laughs> clock backs up the visuals. Yeah, she's um she's faster there. They they both look like perfect Oakley platers. Yeah, I don't think you can keep them apart. I don't think you could pitch one to the Lightning because you don't want to go running into no. those one twenty five bulls. You'll just get smashed up. But um. The Lightning at the moment, I mean, it is one of our best sprints, if not the best sprint each year. But if everyone who says they're going this year goes, it's going to be an absolute rip. I don't reckon they'll run home affairs. I reckon they'll run scared. Yeah, but they've got um, Coolmore behind them and Coolmore will want to run in the Coolmore Lightning. Yeah. I mean, I Before want Before going overseas. And I want him that to. The history says the Lightning yeah. is the race that you need to run in. To get the Lightning horses dominate Ascot. They'll have looked at all of this and they're not stupid. So the lads... The light. lads might. I mean, of course, Waller will want to duck it. He's a wimp. Yeah. But light, light, <laughs> lightning Newmarket would be. The better. lads come in over the top and say, no, 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 we're running here. Imagine poor Home Affairs, though. He gets into the yard and just looks at Eduardo and Nature Strip again and goes, I remember you, blokes. Yeah, but he'd be six months. Won't he be bigger? <laughs> he'd be bigger and bigger stronger. And stronger. <laughs> Surely he's come back bigger and stronger. Who, who will he have on his back? That's going to be the interesting. Oh, poor James. Yeah. What, what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon James would probably just about ride home affairs. He'll ride home affairs because sure. of the because of the connections. Yeah. I mean, he um, jumped off stay inside to ride him in the slipper. So. And Jamie is a nature strip lightning specialist. Yeah, so she's <laughs> one for one. Time. I mean, that'd be. I want to see that. I know they've raced each other before, and nature strip. I bought him and blew him up. 
along with Eduardo, but I, I'm keen to see it again. And yep. Golden Powell is the other one, although he might be the one that pushes home affairs out of there, but Golden Powell might come here for Coolmore as well. He's from, a rocket, From the he? US, and he's like a quarter horse. Yeah. So that first 400 is, I mean, I'm all in on this race because that first 400, Eduardo versus Golden Powell, I reckon Eduardo can do him. They should have Off two. a standing start, but it's like they should have betting to the 600. Yeah, yeah. let's find out. Let's so it's it. not going to be your jig jog lightning this year, is it? Well, no, I mean. Now, Profiteer's going there as well, and whether you think he's got the numbers to stack up and win a race like that, he's going to have some sort of say in what happens early in the race. Yeah, well, he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he is quick off. He is quick off the mark, Profiteer. So it'd be very interesting. But I don't think he's that quick. And I, I reckon they'll see Eduardo and the the quarter horse from the US, and they'll think this is our chance to. um, We can take a city to just let him flow in behind them alongside Nature Strip, and and then probably fall at the back of the telly. But, (laughs) (laughs) but that's a good race. Yeah, and I'm keen to bet first half, and I'm keen to bet second half. That'll be great. Who's your lean second half? Well, I mean, Nature Strip's the obvious. He's the big horse, isn't he? I don't know. But, you know, I love, I love it when people want to retire. Like they want to see these horses off into the sunset, and they just keep coming back. And oh, I'm not right. I'm not writing him off. But if he's two forty, I'm not going to be backing him. No, two forty. No, no. Well, that'd be hype. So you're not taking the all in price at two forty then? So it is. Yeah, it's crazy. Bookmakers are disgusting. Why isn't he? He was four dollars <laughs> in the. He was what four dollars in the Everest. Why would he not be four dollars in the Lightning? It's the same horses. Yeah. But that's a real race, and it's not too far away. Interesting one. I feel Lighthouse has made you a fair bit of money this prep, but I'm assuming you can't get her that short on Saturday How or short tomorrow. Is that short? Uh, yeah, no, that seems probably short enough. I mean, she's got um, Open Mind is the one I couldn't have in there. Just looking at that market, that seems four dollars Open Minded. Let me just check this. But didn't he nick it last start? Oh, I mean, he won by a space, and the time was good. But he, geez, he got a gentle lead. He won't get that here, and these are better. So he's the one I'd be – he looks more screwed down to me than, than Lighthouse does. She'd be fantastic coming over from the US and running good good figures all round in all four runs and getting you know getting better without doing it too quickly. How nice is it when they just take those nice steps rather than going silly about it? So when they only take incremental steps, it's very easy to believe. When they go and do something ridiculous, you're like, I don't even think I buy into this. So yeah. she's just done <laughs> – She's just taken those nice, believable steps, um, and she's obviously good enough to to win a race like this. Crosshaven and Age of Chivalry were behind her last time, and there's I think they're two one this prep, running in the same sort of races. And if they're at, they weren't at their best behind her last time, if they were at their best, they can they're certainly good enough to they're good enough to make her work, and they're good enough to make me not take two ten. I've actually Crosshaven's been one that I've been having something on, unsuccessfully. Waiting for for things to work for him, but um, hard stable to chase. Yeah, well, I like them when things aren't. I like them when things aren't obvious, which is why him coming off getting you know comfortably beaten with no excuses behind Lighthouse makes me think he might just pull a big peak out of nowhere off a flop. <laughs> off a flop. That's <laughs> oh, their best. That's, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a flop. You couldn't say that it wasn't. Um, so not quite fitting the bill then. No, but he's going. He's just hovering around below the level that he can absolutely run to. So. Um, yeah, why not? Like could, maybe it could all just click. As that's the right stable to just hope that it all just clicks because sometimes it does, and then when it does, never back them next start. Yeah, they, <laughs> they come screaming <laughs> off it. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, maybe he's the horse I could I could entertain there, but unfortunately for the for the sake of the features, um, those markets are pretty pretty tight. Yep, can't really tell us much. Fortunately, if you are in a hole, come twenty to six, Brad's going to get us out. <laughs> oh, here we go. Get my pen out. 
Yes, Comicow is the is a horse that interests me in the last. Now this this might seem a little bit silly taking on Yance, who has looked fantastic. It's only two starts to date, and he's an understandably justifiable two dollar ten favourite. But I, I like the fact that we can get two dollars ten the place about Comica off the back of a very good first up run in what was a, a pretty strong Phillies and Mares benchmark seventy. I think hit the line nicely, jumped straight up to the fourteen hundred Mick Kent trained horse. You'd expect there to be great improvement. Josh Richards takes the ride, two kilos comes off, so. Gets him with less weight than Yonce, who is um, on the up, and as I said, a justifiable favourite. But I reckon six fifty-seven dollars and and two ten or so about Comica. I think she is a fabulous each way play to uh, to round out the day. So that'll be my get out if things are uh, not looking too good at one forty. <laughs> That's the blast out. The blast. Confirm. Uh, I haven't actually got to the last, but I know Comica ran behind that nice filly of Graham Begg's yeah. last start, which I. I think you know, she's nice enough for races at this level. Yance was good last start, so I understand. How passive is Johnny going to be from that draw? That's the oh, question. I don't know. She did quit, like she she did um, accelerate last start. So that was I didn't. I must admit, I thought her debut was um, probably a bit overplayed. And then she um, she turned up the, and went whack, and I was like, oh, maybe it wasn't. It was more the SP. I think that was the big thing on debut, wasn't it? Oh, the, well, SP, was the SP. I think she was like a dollar fifty. Ah, uh, okay. Which yeah, probably more impressive true. than the bear form. Yeah. She yep. probably just did what she had to do and then whack. And they just um, they just keep going for that stable, don't they? They keep going oh. in the right direction. So, they're I mean, that's... They're the best in the land. They're all three, aren't they? Three short price favourites, all of them. Yeah. And all of them are about probably fair odds. Like, I don't... I can't sit there and go ranting and raving against any of them, to be honest. So, that's a shame. Yeah. It makes for a boring podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we think the favourites will win. Adam Blinko. Well, I didn't want to come on here first show and be tipping a two dollar pop. So yeah, that's no, why I thought I'd chuck no. up one at six fifty or seven bucks, even if we're sort of taking the coward's way out in a way and tipping it each way. But um yeah, that's what we'll go with. Uh, that's good. Uh, at least you didn't go with the classic, ah, oh, you just throw Yonts in a multi. <laughs> <laughs> now I have got one if you're still up, I'm assuming most will be having a big day. On Wednesday, and if you're still looking to play at around 8 o'clock at Belmont, uh, kick a goal, son, race nine. Really nice horse. Won really well, two back, and then they dropped him back in trip to 1,200. He sort of got beat for toe early and then closed off really well. Goes to 1,400. The hyphenator on, who I think is... That's Clint Johnston-Porter, for anyone who doesn't know the nonsense you speak. He's not, Hey, Macaulay calls him the hyphenator. I'm Does not he the, really? Yeah, I'm not the only one. Okay. Need to start paying more attention, but the hyphenator. I think when Pike leaves, will be number one. I think he's better than Chris Parnham. So he gets in. I'd imagine he'll be a little bit closer. He's not going to bustle him from that draw, but I think if he settles midfield, he'll blow him away. I think two thirty is fair. I think he probably starts odds on. So if you're looking to play at eight o'clock, um, still up and about, kick a goal, son. I think will be winning at Belmont. And thanks again for joining us, Brad. No worries. Don't worry about uh, being up and about at eight o'clock. That's only the first leg of the quaddy in Belmont. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's race nine, first leg of the quaddy. 12 quaddie. races. Big yeah, 12 race big go. 12 races. Cheers, Deba, for putting that on for everyone. 11 races yesterday and 12 on Wednesday. So plenty of product, as they say. But um, look forward to your work in the coming carnival, Brad, all the interviews on track, really throwing you under the bus for this. So. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Look, I'm uh, thrilled to be a part of the team and looking forward to it. Cheers. All the best if you're having a bet tomorrow, guys.